0: have with me on the phone Dr. Bradley Crotty and Dr. Arash Mostagimi, both from Harvard Medical School in Boston, USA. They're here to talk to us about their article on BMJ.com on confidentiality in the digital age. We know that confidentiality is crucial to the practice of medicine and In an age where it is so easy to share information electronically, there are important new concerns about confidentiality and information security that clinicians do need to be aware of. Um, Welcome, uh, Brad and Arash, to this podcast. Thank you
1: very much for having us.
0: You're going to be talking to us about how doctors can be more proactive about confidentiality with electronic communication. Are there broad principles we should be aware of to start with?
2: Thank you for having us. Um, It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, A few things um, we think all doctors, nurses uh, and clinicians should know who handle protected health information, which is essentially information that could identify particular patients. And we all have a responsibility to make sure that information stays private. So the information that patients give us uh, in order to facilitate their care that we do the best we can to not, that, not have that be exposed. Um, with technology changing so quickly, uh, clinicians can take a few principles um, for their own personal device security as well as um, more general principles for how they handle protected health information that travels in order to do uh, the right thing. It's worth noting that... In many local instances, uh, there are laws and regulations which uh, already govern the transmission of protected health information. Um, many of these laws are, are complex and lengthy, uh, but it is worth all clinicians being familiar with what the laws say and what their local regulations are. Um, finding summaries through professional organizations can be uh, very helpful. and. Those who actually administer practices or administer hospitals need to be uh, very familiar with um, what their regulations are and to make sure that they're in compliance with those regulations. For individual physicians, um, a few things uh, stand out that uh, should be done. One is make sure you're communicating with patients in a way that is secure and maintains their confidentiality. Uh, general email is often used um, for most everyday matters, but it actually travels throughout the Internet in an unencrypted way, meaning that the contents theoretically could be could be revealed. Uh, new patient portals and other secure ways of communicating with patients are coming online. Many organizations offer these, and there are some... Uh, There are some patient web portals that uh, individual or freestanding clinicians can subscribe to and communicate uh, with their patients. There are also new tools to allow uh, clinicians to encrypt information. So, in general, these are preferable, and if the patient finds that they uh, would rather communicate using traditional uh, un- unsecured email, it's worth having a conversation, just letting the patient know that there's a possible risk of, of privacy and um, provide an alternative if, if desired. And,
0: and what about the use of personal devices, given that everyone has at least one or two, whether it's a mobile phone, an iPad, uh, or other device?
2: Many people are using devices for both work and for personal reasons. Um, a few things first. One is devices used for professional or work reasons need to be encrypted, and that can be done easily by setting a passcode to the device, so that if the device is lost, the information is scrambled and not able to be decoded or read by anyone who happens to pick up the device. Um, also yeah, there's, a,
1: there's a there's a difference between encoding or encrypting the uh device will will make it so that if you lose your device or it's stolen it's an inconvenience but doesn't expose you to either the uh legal or professional responsibilities of uh liability or of having to inform uh a multitude of patients that their information may be lost so it's one of these uh it's one of these things in which the physician will trade sort of the inconvenience of uh having a passcode on their device for uh, the added protection uh, in in case of accidental, uh, in, in case of an accident.
0: And there are also accidental things uh, such as taking a photograph, for instance, on one's mobile phone or cell phone, um, and that then going through an automatic photo sharing program. Would you like to um, talk to us about the pitfalls of that? that
1: that's right. I, the challenge, the challenge with these mobile devices is that they've been designed, excuse me, explicitly by uh, by companies to enable um, very easy sharing of information. It's designed for consumers. You take a picture of your child, you want to quickly send it to your wife, to your mother, uh, etc. These same uh, tools that make these uh, devices so powerful for sharing uh, on a personal level are what add challenges uh, in terms of their use on a professional level. So, for instance, a lot of devices will now come with a default option where if you take a photo, it is automatically backed up um, on an online uh, uh, server. It's called uh, to be saved in the cloud. Um, So in case you lose your phone, it's automatically backed up and you don't lose that picture. Now, the challenge is that if you take a picture of of a patient, Uh, you may not want that um, picture saved anywhere um, on on the phone or on a server that's outside of your control. If somebody hacks into that server or if the encryption grade or security grade of that server is insufficient, you as a physician may be liable for information that's been posted or uploaded in places that uh, you may not like. Beyond that, some programs even will automatically upload pictures to social media such as Facebook. And in those settings, you really want to be sure to uh, separate these uh, personal and professional um, identities. It's impossible to uh, prescribe specific things for each person to do. But our our general recommendation is that much like um, a traveler going to, to a foreign land, you just need to be constantly aware of your surroundings. Don't get too comfortable. Be aware of what's changing, what you're doing, why you're doing it. Um, Don't automatically accept every new um, device or upgrade or change on your phone. And in that setting, uh, be aware that um, uh, even though you've been using your phone the same way and doing the same things with it, an automatic upgrade to a program that you may be using may change its characteristics. So it's just like the foreign traveler. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of what you're doing. Don't become complacent, and you're less likely to run into problems.
0: Okay, and it's clearly um, beholden on us to be uh, very much aware of the settings um, and permissions on any program that that we have. Um, uh, I think that you make the point too in your um, article that people who use, clinicians who use personal devices for work and for their personal lives, um, uh, should consider separating personal and private information, um, such as um, avoiding the use of a unified inbox for work and personal emails. Yes, that's
2: one example where convenience can breed mistakes, and it's not an intentional uh, mistake, but one example that would be possible is sending an email uh, from the Unified Inbox and meaning for it to go through the professional uh, server, which may have an encrypted connection within a hospital network, and going through a personal server uh, where the message is exposed on the uh, internet. Um, By actually doing a good job of separating out those two, and again, as Arash uh, mentioned, Sacrificing some convenience for peace of mind, um, you'll uh, be able to avoid any of those pitfalls.
1: Part part of the challenge there, uh, Mabel, is that, for instance, imagine that your your personal email gets gets hacked or is, uh, the the security is is breached. That's that's un, that's unfortunate. Now imagine if the hospital's or your professional organization's uh, email also gets also gets breached. That's also unfortunate. The difference is that if you have your your email under the hospital's guideline. you've been following all the uh, all the appropriate guidelines. um the liability doesn't fall to you as a physician they're not going you're not going to lose your job because somebody hacked into your hospital system. Whereas if you have a large amount of patient information, for instance in a yahoo gmail hotmail account um in that setting uh, if if that information is compromised, then then you will be liable as an as an individual potentially, and that's what we're really trying to avoid
0: mm, okay. So um, lack of convenience or less convenience is certainly a small price to pay there, isn't it?
1: That's right. Yeah. The the way to think about these is uh, it's inconvenient to lock the door to your house. It's inconvenient to lock the door to your car. It's inconvenient even to have, a, to, have to have a key to turn on your car. Ideally, we just walk into the car and start driving. But these small added uh, uh, blocks or roadblocks in, uh, in the way are designed in order to protect our uh, our security um, and the confidentiality of our patients. Mm.
0: Um, now, what about the um, the fertile field of social media, uh, where sharing is ubiquitous? Uh, it's intrinsic to the whole idea of social media, um, and people are often. Less aware of of um, uh, how far the information can reach, are there any um, cautions we can be taking?
2: We're quite optimistic about social media and social connections in in the healthcare space in in general, but uh, one does have to be very careful about how you're using social media and what you're actually posting uh, online. Um, we look at social media very much as a crowded elevator um, in this day and age where conversations may be overheard without having any context, and patients or family members may easily think that you're talking about them or you're talking about their, love, their loved one um, if one's posting uh, information about uh, patients and physicians have a little bit harder than most people. Most people can go online and blog about their day or tweet about their day um, and use it as a way to share their experiences in life with with others and with loved ones. Um, We have a duty to keep most of our information very close to the vest and not to divulge it. Um, And it can be very hard to actually engage in social media and talk about your experience throughout the day while um, maintaining the privacy of your patients. Or put another way, it's very easy to unintentionally uh, leak details, and there have been a few cases um, reported to medical licensing boards uh, of an inappropriate um, disclosure. One thing that physicians can do is to separate personal and professional identities online, uh, make it very easy for patients to find the professional information that they want. And, but that doesn't... Um, for physicians who, who do go online um, in a personal way, even with privacy settings um, that protect how far posts uh, theoretically can reach, uh, messages, once they're posted in the public sphere, can be sent on, forwarded, and are very difficult to expunge.
0: And I, I think your article makes a very good point that we should consider all posts public and per- permanent regardless of, of settings.
1: That's right. It's very difficult to determine uh, who has access uh, or or even if somebody who um could have access what they're going to do with it once they once they have it just like when you write an email and send it even a private email to one person uh you have no idea where that may lead uh you can think about social media in in the same way now that doesn't uh mean that that physicians should should not have uh uh Security settings or privacy settings around around their posts. I think that, that we we encourage, as part of the separation of uh, individual and professional identity, we uh, encourage physicians to continue to use social media on an individual basis. We all have families and lives and and uh, friends that we'd like to stay in touch with. Uh, the idea though is to be careful with um, not only the content that you post, but also to be. Uh, Careful with the with the the settings uh, with regards to um, who can see what you post, how public your posts are, and uh, to be very conscious and aware of the decisions that you're making um, with not only what you post but in what in what form or how publicly you, you choose to say it. That being said, I would never post anything that would that. If it wasn't, if it was on the front page of the newspaper the next day, that you'd be tremendously embarrassed to, to have it there. Um, things, particularly the, the juicy things that, that you would not want to uh, uh, be seen by the public or things that when taken out of context could be quite damning uh, uh, to your hospital, to your practice, um, to the physicians or, or or caretakers as a whole, those are just the types of things that are, are most apt to leak out and to make a big splash when they do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, that's a, a very useful rule of thumb. Don't post anything that might embarrass you if it was made public afterwards. Exactly. Uh, now, given that uh, regulations will differ from country to country and, and even within countries, what do you suggest that physicians should be doing?
1: It can be really tough to stay on top of uh, local, uh, state and federal uh, regulations. The regulations are constantly in flux and the technology that they are uh, monitoring and uh, are also in flux so there's there's a, a constant uh, a very dynamic uh, area to uh, to have to keep abreast of. My recommendation would be that physicians should uh, think about social media think about online security digital security as uh, part of the the standard maintenance the standard hygiene that they do for their practice, just like you would look at the books or or keep your um, uh, license up to date. Uh, You you need to force yourself to sit down at regular intervals to go to your hospital website, to the uh, local government website, to the uh, state or or country level website and look for rules and regulations that uh, either mandate uh, uh, specific uh, actions by physicians or require certain amounts of uh, uh, of security it, it particularly uh, an nap time to busy particularly um, when you're acquiring uh, new technology or or choosing a a, a new uh, route of communication with uh, patients such as a patient portal
2: the regulations are are often changing and many clinicians will find this being uh, sent as an email or a newsletter from a, uh, a medical board a licensing board or from a hospital and Physicians should read these carefully and ask if and how it applies uh, to them, and and how they would have to change or modify their their practice uh, based on what the new rules say.
0: I think that's a very important point, and I find some uh, often newsletters from medical defense organisations very helpful there too. Uh, gentlemen, that was a, an extremely useful uh, discussion of the pitfalls of using uh, digital media in this uh, day and age and, and um, maintaining patient confidentiality. And you have pointed out that what we might lose in a little bit of convenience, we gain in maintaining patient trust. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks again to Bradley Crotty and Arash Mostagini, both from Harvard Medical School. If you'd like to know more about confidentiality in the digital age, Their article can be found on bmj.com.